Martini shaken. No! Shocking. Welcome to Shaken Not Nerd, the podcast you're listening to right now. My name is Tom, and you're listening to my beautiful voice. And you are about to be joined some more by some more beautiful voices. And of course, today we are joined by Fuzzy Dan. Hello. Oh, what a sexy voice you got there, Dal. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Whisper me sweet nothings. Uh, Thomas, <laughs> come here, baby. Oh, darling. So <laughs> moist. <laughs> and of course, that voice that causes the moist is Ian. <laughs> yes, I am. Are we keeping that in Proud <laughs> to be here? <laughs> Stop oh, it, I'm salivating. Moisture is the essence. <laughs> Uh, in case you couldn't tell, of course, that Shaker Not Nerd does contain coarse language and t- discussions about moisture. So uh, let's talk. Particularly this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this, this may be a little bit of an outlier. Everyone's now, wearing their sex still suits, yeah? <laughs> does, oh, that, does that just keep the juice? The juices must flow. It keeps the juices mm. close to the body. Yeah. Okay. Keeps all the juices in. Just where you want them. And then it forces you to re-drink them. <laughs> Trapped in a rubbery suit. Hey, my mum's got one of those in her closet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cosplaying. <laughs> I don't think the ball gag is a <laughs> effective way of breathing those. So. It's the same as the nose thing. It's just a mouth thing. <laughs> Gross. Really travel through the, the desert Arrakis. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad uh, to have me back on? So, what, what have you gentlemen been up to during the week? Name, name something nerdy you've done. Name names. Uh, look, I, I do have a lot of things to catch up on because I missed out on the James Bond episode, which I was incredibly gutted about. Um, yeah, I... <sighs> I'm sorry, boys. I let you down. I wanted you to have you there. Because <laughs> um, what we needed was someone to really rip into that movie because we didn't do it enough. I know. You guys went really soft on it, which is, you know, it's just, what do I expect from you guys now? You really need me, the hard We're getting old, all right? <laughs> Stop bringing it up or down. <sighs> all right. So, <laughs> we did, you did talk about um, James Bond and how he is now apparently impervious to grenades, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um we didn't talk about his. Apparently, he's developed tinnitus. Um, so that's really interesting. That whole first scene, I was expecting that moment from Archer where he just starts going, ma, ma, ma. You know what's bad when Nothing. Archer was making fun of Bond and now Bond is making fun of Archer? <laughs> the cycle continues. Oh man, there was there was I I think I pointed out into in, in a private chat with you guys a couple of the glaring omissions. Um, the one moment that had me laughing out loud so hysterically, we had to stop watching the movie so that we could you know capture what was going on. Um, where Q's <laughs> got um, the the eyeball uh, Blofeld's eyeball, <laughs> and he's 
and he's put it in his computer somehow because apparently it's got some sort of USB-C connection to it. Um, (laughs) Or maybe it's got Bluetooth. I don't know. It's connected to his computer. And the computer says out loud, no word of a lie, Blofeld's eyeball analysed. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Someone programmed that. Somebody programmed a computer to say Blofeld's eyeball analyzed. No. Those words. <laughs> Maybe that's the name of the executable. Oh, I was rolling on Blofeld's eyeball on the exe. I can't. I couldn't believe that happened. I was. I blame Amazon Alexa because it was listening to the whole conversation and it knew what it was. <laughs> and then suddenly Blofeld's James eyeball. Bond's like sitting there on his phone and it starts trying to sell him eyeballs. <laughs> Oh, yes. I mean, there was so many things. I, look, I think I was more frustrated with the Bond movie than, than you guys were. I think there was you know some nice nods to the whole franchise and a nice way to send off this particular Bond. Um, but things like, you know, when he's really focused at the end about opening the, um, the, the doors, the bunker doors to the island, because we have to keep it open, otherwise the explosives won't work. And then they end up carpet bombing the island. So it wouldn't have fucking mattered anyway. It's got to get in. (laughs) Have to get in. Yeah, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Just, just the frustrating. And also, I think you talked about it a little bit. um, The selective nature of the EMPs. Yeah. Um, So how EMP watches work. He had it really close to that dude's head, which was a good kill, by the way. He had it close to his head and turns his watch and blows up his eyeball because apparently that's how what you know EMP makes something explosive. But his radio still works. Like, yeah. how the fuck is this radio still working? Is it non-electric? Is it? I don't understand. There were a few moments in that movie that made me frustrated. <laughs> the more, the more, more I think about it, the, <laughs> just the the very idea of the fact that it's just like, no, the nanites are in your system. Can we get rid of them? Nope. Not nope. even with future technology. <laughs> no, no. Never. You should die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all done. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, look, I think it was a, a really interesting twist at the end there with that, that whole plot line of, yep, yeah, yeah, no, you're dead. You're pretty much dead, and they're going to die if you hang out with them. That was a nice little separation piece, and all that dicking around with, oh, maybe it's your daughter, maybe it's not, oh, maybe it's somebody else. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yes. that, that was a very weird, the daughter thing. I mm. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, James Bond should have thousands of daughters if he's actually capable of breeding. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's um, yeah, there's probably a lot of illegitimate Bond children running around everywhere, but um, yeah, he's never going to claim him. Um, <laughs> no more child support for that guy. That's why he See, lives in that shitty apartment. That's the real reason he went back. That's yeah, that's why he has he that went... real shitty apartment, because he's got like fucking 20 supports he has to pay. <laughs> I've oh, got children that's, in that's, Azkaban, Canada. And that's, why well, that's why people were surprised he was still Azkaban. alive. Because he's been fucking pretending to be dead to avoid the payments. Yeah. <laughs> it was he in Skyfall. It, he wasn't hiding from, from MI5. He yeah, like, he did get shot in Skyfall. He literally jumped off that train. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, the only other thing I think I really need to talk about is the Aston Martin Valhalla. Um, which was seen for about two hot seconds um, in the Q Lab, and it just disappeared. And it didn't. No one drove it. No nothing. It's just it's sitting there in the background. I have this theory that they had the concept. It was a concept car at that point in time, and it didn't actually run, yeah, so absolutely. they couldn't have people driving it. So that's my yeah. only theory on it. But 
Yeah, it's it was just why would you put it in the movie and not have him drive one of the sexiest cars I've ever seen? Yeah, I think the probably the initial plan was that instead of the DB9, mm. that that's the one he was supposed to drive. Yeah. But yeah, then it, it wasn't ready in time, so they went, what's another DB movie from yes. the movie that we're referencing the most <laughs> with this oh, movie? Just, yeah, the the subtle sledgehammer in your face uh, references to Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, just, everyone's favourite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the car is sexy, don't get me wrong, but... It's a very nice car. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I felt very disappointed after this film i think more so than you guys did um i mean I, really i was disappointed by specter so my expectations were already low <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it's just it's really hard to place it because it's compare it to other movies and that's you know it actually yeah. stands up quite well but you compare it to you can't compare them to other movies. You have to compare them to other James Bond movies. That's the trouble. Yeah, that's what we were saying as well is, like, do you compare it to action movies? In which case, it's a lot better than a lot of the action movies that get pumped out. If anyone's watched Red Notice on fucking Netflix, then you know the pain. <laughs> the Rock and Ryan Reynolds can sell garbage yeah. and people will buy it. And they do. They have been. <laughs> they have yeah. been for very many years. Yeah, they're just extremely good salesmen. Yeah. Um, look, I, I have to, um, with this one and oh, the, with the worst Bond song of probably them all. Um, Duty <sighs> thinks it's one of the worst, if not the worst as well. I think it's it's, 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 it's sufficiently middle tier. There's some way worse ones in it. It has nothing but... to it. Like, it's I can't not, even there's remember. not really, even... that's the problem. You talked about the crescendo, I think that was the big call from the, the episode was the crescendo. Bond songs build up to something. This yeah. didn't, it just had this whole flatness to it. it was, I just that's think they missed the idea, the whole point. Billie Eilish song. in a nutshell. <laughs> Billie Eilish is a, like she's, she's a pop She's very singer. good, but like, her songs aren't but she's a pop big singer. and bouncy. They're, she's not, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, they I are d- flat. Terrible, terrible song. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven. Just, See, that's fine. I think that's, that's probably that's, what it is. That's, that's really what, what it gave, deserves. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that what we gave? I think. I think we were all around seven. I think Duty gave it a six or something. Yeah. I just. It just feels. I, it could have been so much more, but yeah. Yeah. Seven. I can't do it any less than seven, but yeah, it's seven feels about right. Well, that's a, that's the thing. You couldn't do any worse than seven for it, in my from my opinion. I think that's exactly what I gave it, and the reason is because yeah, it's got a lot of issues, but by God, it's so much better than majority of action films that get pumped yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, that's- I agree, I agree. And look, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Like you know, they, they sort of teased potentially having a, a lady Bond. Um, in the next film, but they do say, I think, at the end of the film, that said, James Bond yeah. will return. So, yeah, they actually have said as well now in interviews, um, the Broccoli's and Daniel Craig, they're all talking about. They're saying no, that J- James Bond is going to be a male. It's who the character yeah. is. Yeah, I think that, and, and um, he's talked about it as well, Daniel Craig, about yeah, just you don't need to you know regender the role. Like you can just yeah. make good movies for for women. And yeah. I think maybe something like doing a standalone movie in the same, you know, make a 009 movie or something. I don't know, but have a different I secret would, agent. That'd be yeah. kind of fun. Expand I the would, universe. Exactly. And that's what I would like to see from the next Bond movies is 
a Bond universe where we get Felix Leiter, 00679, and just there's so much there. And oh, Money Penny can yeah. be such a more interesting character, which we saw from Spectre, that she mm. doesn't have to be a desk jockey. It's so easy. It's She follows him around supposedly secretary. Like, why can't you say she's a supposed secretary, but she's actually M's bodyguard? And then you've got a whole movie storyline you can do. Yeah, I I think those characters have been around long enough now that you can have a Bond I, universe. And I reckon they will be. Yeah, I hope I that's the avenue cool. they go down. Like Let's the say- little subtle bits we got in, like Skyfall, and um, was it Skyfall? And there was another one she was in as well. Yeah, like, but she, I think yeah. it's only the start of Skyfall that she actually does action stuff in. But that was cool. That was having Money Penny do that stuff was. It cool. was very good. Yeah, that's so. that's what they should. Hopefully, go down the avenue. Well, Amazon didn't pay eight point five billion dollars for MGM not to milk that motherfucker. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like when Bond would return. I was just like, that's no surprise at yeah. all. Amazon <laughs> literally like, just yeah. bought the rights. Yeah. Keep yeah. milking that cow. <laughs> oh, look, and now begins the discussion of the next Bond at some point. So, yeah, very in- interested to see who that will be. There's so many. Yeah, there's a lot throw of five thousand names around, and all of them will be wrong. But yeah, um, there's yeah. a lot of conversations at the moment that now Henry Cavill's overtaken um, Tom Hardy as favorite. And no to both I, of those, by the way. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if either of them will be. To be honest, I think they're both going to be too expensive and. Too no expensive longer. and too old, I think. They're just a little bit too old. Like the Idris Elba conversation, he's just a little yeah. bit too old now. And again, I think Idris Elba... they want for like 10 years, right? A little 10 yeah. to 20 years. You can't... You've got to have somebody who's early 30s, enough. like at the, at the most, so that you can, you know, spend yeah. 20 years doing stuff. I wouldn't mind... I forget his name. The guy from Game of Thrones, who they were also talking about, could be him. The one yeah. who played... The one who died at the Red Wedding. <laughs> 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 I don't wow, that about. narrows he did, it down. <laughs> he did the Bodyguard TV show. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, another one. Uh, he was no. in the Eternals. No, no, yeah, no. no. Well, I didn't. No, see after watching no. him in the Eternals, no. no. Well, there you go. I haven't seen Eternals, He's... so obviously that's off-putting. I, th- yeah. I honestly think Game of Thrones. Looking at it, looking at it retrospectively now, there's a lot of actors in there that aren't oh, great. No. <laughs> they got no. good, some good material to act. Yeah, against, and I think yeah. they, they got them a lot. So yeah, and they had Peter Dinklage carrying them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think Idris Elba should be in Bond, but not be James Bond. If they're going to do a universe, he'd be a great like mentor, 006 or something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's uh, I, I like him. I think he's great. He's now I think he's just about to turn, uh, or he might have just turned forty nine or fifty. Yeah. So he's 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 old, too old to begin the movies. <laughs> That's what I I really hope that. Tom Hardy would not be a good Bond. That's not no. a good choice. He, but they were talking about him 15 years ago. He's not yeah. Probably 10 years ago now. Yeah. And he hasn't got the, the suave. No, he doesn't. Well, after seeing, uh, after yeah, seeing Daniel the Craig Venom either. movie, um, I am completely off Tom Hardy as an actor. Yeah. He's just He was just awful. I he doesn't do an American so. accent well at all. No. There's plenty of good British actors, though, for them to choose from. So they're not going to run out of choices and I, I don't think they should do Henry Cavill because he's already been the man from uncle the man from uncle can't be Bond they're two different things uh, well, okay well that's like saying that's the same Roger Moore can't be James Bond he's the saint <laughs> Pierce Brosnan can't be James Bond he's Remington Steele the, Remington half Steel. of them oh, yeah half of them have already played spies before they be James Bond that's how they get the gig mm. yeah. yes 
Anything yeah. else we've been watching during the week? Um, yeah, Venom let there be carnage. <laughs> I will watch it at some point. Oh, I watched on YouTube. They've got the teaser at the end of it to say that he's going to come into Spider Man. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much all you need. And to that's see all I needed to see. I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to watch the movie. The rest of that movie, I think um, we we talked about what was it Halloween Kills recently, and I gave that a zero. Um, I would also score Venom a zero as like the worst piece of shit. Was film. Halloween Kills that bad? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and this was exactly the same piece of shit. It's like it was somehow worse than the original Venom movie. It was just. Awful. Damn. Whatever the fuck was going on with um, fucking Woody Harrelson's wig was, ugh, oof, it was out of control. <laughs> it's, yeah, everything about that film is bad and they should feel bad for it. I'm sure they don't when they count their money. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I, I never knew this before, but Tom Hardy's got a fucked up finger. Has anyone ever seen that before? Yeah, he's pink. Uh, he's like... It's Pinky's like all fucked up. So basically, what happened was he was um, he was cooking at home and he chopped it somehow. I don't know how you chop your pinky finger with his chef knife, and it uh, cut all the nerves and there's all nerve damage. And now he can't hold it straight, so it just looks wonky. So, but I never noticed it before. And they actually show his hands quite a few times in this film, and he's just got this wonky finger. It's really off-putting. Um, so that was the most exciting thing about watching him was seeing his weird fucked up finger. <laughs> Analyzing his finger. It's like watching a Tom Cruise movie and you can't not look at his teeth. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, when you learn that, it's just like, oh no. Oh it's no. Kinda, oh, it's kind of like Denzel Washington's finger. Have you seen? Have you watched that one? His little pinky goes like off to the side. Apparently he broke it once and it just he just left it there. So he's he looks Ugh. like this. Looks like he's trying to do, like, a really fucked up, like, you know, Vulcan hello. Is it an actor thing to just have fucked up something on your body? What's her her face with her toe thumbs and... Megan Fox. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Stubby thumbs. I think she's had them... stubby thumb. I think she's had them lengthened now. They they, they go all the way up. Oh, she had everything else fixed up. (laughs) Slash ruined. Jesus Christ. Now she goes out with the old mate Machine Gun Kelly. Yep. That's, that's uh, happening. Yeah, well, that'll be interesting. I have been watching um, Cowboy Bebop live action on Netflix. I've oh. heard it's awful. It's not great. <laughs> it's one of those things where they try really hard to be interesting with their camera work, and they do a lot of Dutch angles and stuff like that, and it's like, just stop. It's hard to watch. <laughs> it looks <laughs> like it- someone's like resume to say I know stuff. <laughs> Ooh, look like, at all the cool things I can do. Look how creative I am. Yeah, I'm trying to watch a movie, not watch your fucking camera angles. It's it, it felt a, a little bit a TV show. Okay. Um, it, it looked a little bit like um, Ang Lee's Hulk. Do you remember that? Like the yeah, um, yeah, with the stupid was... transitions. Yeah, like they they tried a lot with that film. Yeah, and that's, not all that, of it worked. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people who love the cowboy um, bebop anime show hate it because it does some different things to the anime which i haven't seen the anime so i'm not comparing it to that but it's shit anyway (laughs) (laughs) the anime is meant to be fairly good i've I've only watched a couple of episodes i never really got into the anime for it yeah i didn't know it existed as with most animes until like it becomes a big talking point and then everyone goes oh this thing's cool the intro is amazing because it's exactly the same as the anime yeah, if you if you like Yaz, you like Yaz, don't you? <laughs> Hot Yaz, <laughs> Hot Yaz, Hot Steamy Yaz. But yeah, steamy don't yes. watch it. <laughs> I did. 
I will not. Yeah, ten episodes of mediocreness and very sexualized mediocreness, which is another. Also, they they brought the stripper underwear back in. The there's a whole episode where they like, underwear. yeah, they they well they didn't do that, but there's a whole episode where they go to like a fucking brothel and there's like a a madam. Uh, which there. episode number? Just so I can avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the first minute of what was that movie? <laughs> Thanks killing. <laughs> Thanks killing. Boobs in the first minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't watch. So, yeah, so, so I watched... I think the only thing that I actually really watched this week was... Uh, I watched The Little Things um, on oh, Netflix. Oh, I've been meaning to watch that. Yeah, any good? <sighs> Meh. It's very, <laughs> it's very predictable. Um Extremely predictable. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't well, recommend worrying. watching it. Which is bad because it, it, it's basically selling itself as something that's not predictable. Mm. Yeah, that's but that's its whole thing, right? With I, those I, kinds I, of movies, is like, who's the killer? If you can pick the killer, you got a problem. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it, right? Um, at the start, watched a little bit of the trailer, um, and then I don't know. You guys know who's in it? Jared Leto, yeah. Rami Malek, and it's, then it's an Oscar bait movie, isn't it? Yeah, so Jared Leto, Denzel Washington, and Rami Malek. Um, and then they don't show Jared Leto for the first half of the film, and then he just appears, like, staring at them as they walk into a, into a thing, and I'm just like, well, he's clearly the person, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's like an episode of, um, oh, who's that, who's that detective, the gruff detective? I can't remember who it is. Any of those, like, detective TV shows where it's like, well, there's a famous person guest starring in this, in this episode. Yeah. Definitely the killer. Like, yeah, no I wonder if that other famous actor could be the only Columbo, other. that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> it's always the most Miami Vice? <laughs> yeah. It always happens. So, yeah, that's very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. I bet it even, it's very clear just from his acting choices of, like, a creepy killer dude. Like, well, he's a killer. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Yes. Yeah, uh, but... I don't know. It depends if you watch it or not. They sort of try and leave it open-ended. Yeah. Which is a bit... Typical. Yeah. I think it was um, fine. But I will just say I have been watching as well uh, the new TV show uh, for The Wheel of Time. Um, so oh, that's, yeah. Yep. So that's now four episodes deep? Five episodes I've, deep. I've seen oh, are they releasing it weekly thing or... They did uh, first three oh. episodes as, as, as one and then weekly after that. That's been really interesting. Um, I'm holding my judgment on it at the moment because I've changed a lot from the story. And it's as somebody who's loved the story and read the books many, many times, it's really hard to see them skipping Isn't there like parts. 20? Tom and I were discussing, isn't there like fucking 20 in this series now? There's a uh, lot of books. There's 15, I think, or 16. So, yeah. it's, it's fucked. Like, but, yeah, it's they, they're, they're skipping over parts. They've changed some backstories and done a few things. So, it's I'm really... St- trying to reserve my judgment until see the whole picture of that first season because yeah. that will give me a better feel for, for what's going on and clearly streamlining stuff you can't have everything from the books in a movie yeah. in, in a TV show but yeah there's some interesting takes on, on, on the universe so yeah I'm nervously excited about uh, where it's going at the moment I have been wanting to watch it Apparently, the author, I was telling Tom after we saw Duncan, we were talking about this, that apparently the author loves to describe in minute detail the dresses 
the characters are wearing. So I really, I really want to see that in the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, look, wow, I, her I'm... dress is made of rich Corinthian leather. <laughs> I mean, I will show. say the the costumes are fantastic. Like it's they really put a lot of time and effort into it. You can see where the money's gone into oh, yeah properly spending time on making this look epic and and feel lived in. You know those ones yeah. where you, you've just you know it looks too clean for everything. This feels like they're people living in the world and it's 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 lovely so yeah very interesting check it out if you're mildly interested in that kind of stuff yeah because it is amazon isn't it yes yeah and amazon's doing lord of the rings so if they're putting if that's like their test basis of how to make things look good then that's promising for the lord of the Rings show that is getting probably three times the amount of money pumped into it yeah yeah I had a look now, and one of the first articles is The Wheel of Time has a tiny budget compared to Lord of the Rings and deserves more. Yeah, like Uh, some of the special effects, I think, you know, are not exactly top-notch. They're not terrible, but they're, you know, not exactly that complete A-grade. But, yeah, if they're spending more money on Lord of the Rings, that's going to look fucking fantastic. So, 14 Uh, books, by the way. 14. 14. So, you're close. Very close. Far too many. Um... (laughs) I've watched the first two episodes. Um, it hasn't drawn me in like a Game of Thrones sort of did, because that's no. obviously going to be where the initial uh, comparison is going to come from when you have a high fantasy uh, series like this. But uh, episode two was better than episode one. I thought yep. I thought episode two built it up a bit because they have the introduction of the uh, the White Cloaks. Is that what they're called? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's, they're pretty cool. Don't they put the hood on and then... Just like burn crosses and stuff. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. They, I assume they that's hate... where the comparison is. Yeah, pretty much. They just hate everything that is to do with magic in the world, and they want to cleanse the world of magic. So they go around killing anyone who can use magic. Basically, sounds very it's... um and the Witcher world as well. There's, the... there's some brutal scenes um in, in in the show so far involving um all of them. So officially called the Children of the Light, but they're unaffectionately called the White Cloaks. But yeah, yeah. It's yeah. um yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's clearly quite um and I suspect and from having conversations with Siobhan is that more so than um it seems to be rather than being solely political, it seems like this show is gonna be more based on uh re- religious sort of uh ideologies and the comparison yeah. between them, which is sort of like so the white cloaks of the children of the light, it is they're pretty much a religion from what I can tell. And their religion does not agree with the others <laughs> and as such. Pretty much that's what yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that's in there. It's it's more uh, look, I'd say this more high fantasy than Game of Thrones was. Game of Thrones was I think just shocking as as far as yeah, you know, there was always yeah. shock factors to everything. This fits more alongside a Lord of the Rings or something else because it's it's more about the world, the magic and you know, the this the this bizarreness of it and the fullness of the universe. So I think yeah Dunk is more be... political. <laughs> we'll, yeah. We'll get into that. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's but, also another show, I don't know if you guys have been watching it, that's coming out periodically, and there's mm. three episodes out as well, currently. Hawkeye. I haven't watched any. Haven't watched Ooh. any? Nah. Have you been watching it, Fuzzy? Oh, yeah. I actually don't mind it, because it is what? very, I know, surprising. <laughs> I was what? a bit iffy, I was a bit iffy with episode one, but two and three were a lot better. Um, it's a good news. 
it's I'm finding it much more enjoyable and more marvelly and not so spectacly crap as there are the shows that they've been doing recently. Like, there's an um, actual storyline, and it's not just events happening. Yeah, but, I mean, it's got Vera Farmiga in it, and if you know my thoughts on Vera Farmiga, like, that's just an instant no from Who's me. Who's that? Uh, the mum. Oh, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, I uh, do know your thoughts on that. She fucking Conjuring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't mind. I, I, I think she's perfectly fine. I don't like either of them. I don't like either of the people who play the Warrens. What's the What's the other guy's name? Uh, pass. He plays know. Ocean. He plays oh, Ocean Master. Yeah, I don't like him. No. He, oh yeah. Both of them like independently ruin a scene. So when there's a film that has both of them in the same scene, I I feel like walking out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind her, but yeah. Harry Stinkfeld, like, she's just terrible. She's just... Ugh. I don't mind her. I think she's fine. She, she carries it. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing to step into the Marvel Universe when you've got such big characters in there already. Yeah. So she's, you know, she's, doing, she's much better than some of the other newbies that have been trying to introduce I'm just, I'm just uninterested in in this entire like what they've done so far in Phase War. Uninterested entirely. That's so the problem. I'm comparing it to everything else they've done so far, TV wise, and they're all been actually. Loki was okay, but the other stuff they did was terrible. Loki was the best part of this this new phase, and he's not. But the yeah. thing is, he's not a new character. It's just he's not a new character. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. There's very they're running out of good characters. That's the problem. They killed all <laughs> the good ones off. And now the They're only ones we've the got left are <laughs> Spider-Man. That was smart. I reckon they'll just reboot it. They'll do something <laughs> in the multiverse that'll mean that, that all of these characters back. will disappear. It'll be an alternate timeline or an alternate universe, and all of a sudden they'll be able to start again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like just new, new Iron Man, new whatever, you know. Yeah. That's fine. Just reset everything, start from zero with new, new actors. Totally fine with that. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Do it. Imagine Do the it. comparisons, though. Like, how are you going to compare with fucking Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man? No one else is going to do that. Oh, I mean, same thing with, like, finding a new Bond. Like, you just find someone and stick with it. Like, you know, how do you Bond is fine because there's been other Bonds. There hasn't been any other Iron Man. So that's the comparison with Robert Downey Jr. is all there is. And They're gonna I that. They're can't gonna... think of any actor that has that much pizzazz at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. would actually be like I was Let thinking me just of actors with pizzazz. With it just comes pizzazz. up with how do you spell pizzazz? P A V. Not with pizza. Not actors with pizza. Boom! <laughs> what? Uh, uh, oh, here we go. P I Z Z A Z Z. There you go. Um, and the first one, 140 people with pizzazz. <laughs> Denzel Washington and Michelle Obama are the first two on that list. Wow. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I can see him. Iron Man, right there. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Dean yeah. Morgan's in there. See, lot, this is A the lot problem. of other these other people are dead, so I can't go yeah. to them. <laughs> yeah, there's not a Marvel lot of people zombies. still alive. <laughs> oh, Jennifer Aniston. There you go. She could be yeah, the new Jennifer Iron Man. Aniston. That's it. That's who we're looking for. <laughs> that's that's oh. the pizzazz we want. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, good luck replacing Robert Downey Jr. Um, I was also thinking when you were talking about that, I was like, it'll be interesting to see who they get to replace Wolverine. Um, but I think replacing Hugh Jackman as Wolverine would actually be significantly easier than yeah, replacing I think that's Robert Downey than, Jr. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, as much as Hugh Jackman was very good as Wolverine, it wasn't, I don't think, really anything that special. 
No, but I don't think people he was either. I think by, by the end of his tenure, I was just like, I need somebody grittier in this role. He, does, he doesn't sell gritty to me. What are you talking you about? Did... Logan, did you watch Logan? He was gritty <laughs> as fuck. Oh, actually, no, he didn't Logan, but the other ones after. The ones between two and Logan. <laughs> the ones between all the other movies. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he was... He's too pretty. I think... <laughs> Too pretty to play the Wolverine. <laughs> He's a very, just a very basic character. There's nothing real special. Did you just call Wolverine a basic bitch? You no, did. I love, I love Wolverine, but I mean, in terms of like, there's, there's no depth there. It's just a fucking gritty, angry mess, and it's not like you have to have pizzazz. You just got to be no, an angry that's... old man. No. That's like every fucking actor in Hollywood. He's a tortured soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's that's every. Through... That's uh-huh. every particularly yeah, female in Hollywood. He's, 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 his wife, when he lived in Japan, got taken away from him and replaced by Lady Deathstrike, a cyborg who wants to kill him. He has depth. <laughs> depth. depth. His brother is... Well, we don't talk about that movie. <laughs> yeah, right, so I'm just going to look at actors with grit. Uh, actors. Jeffrey with... D. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gritty voices. Oh, here we go. Uh, famous people with raspy voices. Here we go. Scarlett Johansson <laughs> and Emma Stone are the That's first two on the list. For. That's oh, no, uh, Will Arnett. There you go. Mm, no, He's looking. That's not <laughs> Steven Tyler. <laughs> That's it. That's who we're going for. Uh, yeah, no, these are all okay. Actors with grit. Hold on. Actors in true grit. <laughs> Hey, John Wayne, Glenn Campbell, Robert that's, Duvall. There you go. That's who we want, Robert Duvall. <laughs> oh wow, this is amazing. I'm going to do more of these searches. <laughs> it's like um, fucking revive of uh, Matt Combs' old uh, bad casting format. There. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they've even put in the the guy that plays the Grizzly Man from that meme. He just nods at you. Oh, <laughs> just God. that slow pan and just. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, so there you go. We could get that guy to play the wolf. (laughs) You know, there were talks about um, Edgerton, not Edgerton, the guy who played fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Really? But again, he's even prettier. Is he Joel? No, no. What's his name? Joel Joel Edgerton. Yeah, is the Australian guy? No, it's not the guy I'm thinking of. The guy who plays. You're um, thinking of Rocket Man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I forget his name. Uh, you know the movie where Ta- he's a spy, Taron Egerton, brother of Australian <laughs> actor Joel. Joel. <laughs> Even though it's Egerton and Egerton, like two completely different last names. Nah, they nah, are nah. Definitely related. D's are irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Facts irrelevant. <laughs> he could uh, totally do Wolverine. I I don't know. I think he's a bit too. Sh- He's shorter than six foot as well. Yes, well, that is something they can definitely fix. (laughs) Replacing replacing Magneto is going to be hard. I think um, even though the movies, the later ones were shit, like you're competing with Fassbender, who I think. It's interesting that, you know, those movies are so shit, but it hasn't impacted how good I think um, Michael Fassbender is as an actor, whereas with Venom... It's definitely impacted how I think Tom Hardy is as an actor. <laughs> that's because Tom Hardy was bad in those films, whereas uh, Fassbender was still good a in good terrible actor. films. Yeah, mm. um, and that was the thing about the those because um, Fassbender and what's his name? 
I thought it was still good. Uh, yes. Uh, or what, what's his name? Professor X. <laughs> <laughs> what is his name? Have I forgotten his name? Mr. X. Old mate. Oh, you're talking about James McAvoy. That's the one. Yeah. I like, I like James McAvoy though. He's good. No, so they much did. That you forgot his name. <laughs> yeah. For the most part, they had very good actors and just terrible movies. Although until, I will say, until I really... the last one where they just went, let's uh, jump on the Sophie Turner train and get this terrible <laughs> actor. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck was going on there. Let me off. Days of Future stop. Past was uh, <laughs> yeah very good, and then it was all Daniel. Yeah. Right. So. But uh, seeing as we're almost at the 40-minute mark, we should probably start talking about the main theme of the show. Is uh, so... there a theme for this show? Not when I was around. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> we were just talking. Uh, yes. And before we get on to that, I will say that we are sponsored by Incognito Comics. Check them out, incognitocomics.com.au. Uh, Duty's probably been reading a Transformers comic book or so a Teenage Let's Mutant Ninja Turtles what we think comic is book. Uh, what else do I think? What else do you think he's been reading, guys? Um, some sort know. of crossover event with Ghostbusters in another universe. I'm sure he loves the crossovers. He does. Power Ranger Ninja Turtles thing. He loves. He loves it. crossovers be- even in his beers. <laughs> <laughs> to be a crossover with some random sweet with a strawberry shortcake because that's what he <laughs> likes. Yeah. No, I, I I picked up the Hellboy Library editions from them as well. Fantastic. I recommend. Hellboy is is like a boy from hell. It's a very interesting have you, concept. Have you, have you even read them? I have. I've read the first one. I haven't started the second one. It's still in its plastic because I don't want to ruin it. I find them quite enjoyable. They're really really good books, the Hellboy books. Yeah. I think, and I was saying this to Duty yesterday as well, that I think Hellboy, just give up on the live action, do an animated TV show. It's The art style, it's very specific to the show. Just leave it alone. It's, it's dead. It, I think leave it alone for a while and then bring it back as an animated show. <laughs> I don't think they'll make the same mistake twice with Hellboy. Surely not. Surely they'll let it. Leave it alone. I don't know. They're good at killing things. Mm. It's already dead. But yes, highly recommend Hellboy. Um, but every they've got everything, man. Just go <laughs> onto the website and... And never leave your home because the comics come right to you, like all of us sweaty nerds who don't go anywhere anymore. They're, t- they're trying to tell me to go back into work. I said, no, I yes. will not. I'm going to stay here in my sweat. How dare you ask me to shower? I have suits in there that are being eaten by moths. <laughs> that is the thing when they're talking about going to the office again. I'm just like, but I don't fit into any of my pants anymore. I got tub tubs. I'm bad. Yeah, I'm worried with the work Christmas party, but that's another thing altogether. I don't think we're not having a Christmas party still. I don't think they want that many people from the organisation gathered in one place. Uh, that's what originally the thing was. But let's see. Interesting. Well, that's, yes, that's the benefits of online shopping, such as at Incognito Comics. <laughs> what yes, a segue! I think uh, for anybody who does actually go, I think they actually have aren't opening their um, in-person cool store. Yeah. I think it's going to stay online only, at least for the time being. Uh, so if you so don't go to their store. We normally tell you to go there. Don't go there. Yeah, you're going to be disappointed. Go to the online store, Tom. Is what you want to say. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. Don't go to the physical store. Yeah. Go to the online. Don't, don't just just leave the. Don't go to the store. Just like, go to the <laughs> online store. Like positive stuff. You're a positive terrible stuff. salesman, Tom. 
you should buy right a comic to your books door. <laughs> right to your door. <laughs> not not you go to their door. Right to your door. They come to in the box. <laughs> but yes, go check them out. Go look through their catalog. They got lots of stuff. They got uh, trade paperbacks. They got uh, stuff that has signatures on it and all fancy things. And and they have bags and uh, other things. So go check them out. Uh, and now that we've gotten through the formalities, now for the debauchery. <laughs> we <laughs> debauchery. Uh, we jump into the theme of this week, this week's weekly theme. It is the of... Slam Dunk Contest. <laughs> yes, that's right. We've been waiting for it. We're a little bit late to the game because of this uh, closing down of theatres, and it was so a good. A little thing called Australia. <laughs> it was so good to have popcorn in my hands again. So bad to be picking it out of my teeth a week later. Don't know how that motherfucker escaped me throughout the, <laughs> the week. But it's, of course, Dunk. We went and saw Dunk. For those playing at home, that is, of course, Dune. (laughs) D-O-O-N-E. So, seeing as uh, Ian has been reading the book, uh, listening to the audiobook, and everything else in between... I gave up uh, on the audiobook. He's also been trying to interpret the Braille. Uh, (laughs) He's really gone... Trust me, with this book... (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, tell us uh, tell us what the story is. Or tell us what part one of the story is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, that's a, another thing we need to call out from now, right? This is June part one, and Fuzzy yes. did not know this when he saw it, and I think you have to go in with certain expectations that this is part one, and it is not an action movie. Once we get past that, <laughs> then you know what you're seeing. In Fuzzy's defense, nowhere did it say that it was a part one. Yes. Until, until the first two minutes of the film where it puts part one on the screen. And it's just and like, look, I, you I've never had, said that. I've had conversations with people about this and they're like, oh, you should have known. They had this all, you know, they were talking about it in you know, different interviews and stuff like that. I'm like, that shouldn't be my job to find out that this yeah. is part one. They should be clearly stating that up front as part of, the, oh, it's, you know, June part one. I was walking in there expecting sci-fi epic, um, you know, because Denis Villeneuve, like, obviously does that stuff. How long was fucking Blade Runner 2049? It was, what, three and a bit hours? Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't as long as this. This yeah. was, like, yeah, this was, like, nearly three, and I think it was, oh, this like, was, two, well, two this and 45 was or something. Two, two, two hours and 30 minutes, so it was... Maybe it was about the same then. But, like, I was walking into here, like, did this movie expecting... You know, a four-hour epic, and I got two and a half hours of part one of the story that I was expecting. So it was very... Uh, my my score is going to reflect that. I'm just going to point that out, because I'm just... I feel let down by all of that. Blade, Blade Runner was longer. Blade Runner was ten minutes there longer. Yeah, ten whole minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing as well. Dune, as a story, which I still haven't described the story, but the story <laughs> is not an action story it is if you're going in expecting star wars you're going to be disappointed because that is not what dune is dune is well, when everybody tells you it's what star wars was based on and the trailer is all explosions and political well, exactly stuff. and i think that comes back to misadvertisement yes. which is the same with part one issue it's been misadvertised but that's that's every movie they're always going to do that but especially and i, like I think it's the... our job to tell people that this is not that well, absolutely, but like, and especially the when the book has is... been around since the fifties, some people should know that. But yes, yeah. I, I don't one blame of... you guys, but I do blame you guys. 
<laughs> I haven't been around since the 50s. Ah, questionable. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the scenes they used in the trailer was a fucking dream sequence that doesn't, it's not actual an actual event that happens, it's just a yes. dream. It's I, like, I well, also have an issue with that. That's a, that's very misleading as far as the trailer experience is concerned because you're going, well, I'm expecting to see high yes. action, all this stuff going on, and it ends up being a dream sequence. That's It is a big misleading. hook for part two, I think. This whole oh. movie is very much a get ready. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But what it does, it does very well, in my opinion, but we'll get into that. The story of Dune <laughs> is a story of... Um, Space houses. Jesus. Yes, space <laughs> Jesus. No, sort of. It's, it's about warring houses that um, basically there is a, let's call it fuel, that people get out of the Middle East and the, <laughs> <laughs> the houses that are fighting for it are America and everywhere else. <laughs> Essentially, um, the planet Dune has a spice... It is a very special um, dust, I guess, that is found in the sand planet. Cinnamon. <laughs> and <laughs> cinnamon, basically. Spicy cinnamon. You can use it. You can huff it. <laughs> yeah. And essentially, this planet has been managed by the house Harkonnen for, what is it, 30 years or something? And then suddenly, um, the emperor has decided that no longer will it be governed by the house Harkonnen, it will now be governed by the house Atreides and their political intrigue that comes with that terrible handover that we've all got with businesses. <laughs> this is the dawning... What do you mean all the data's not there? Atreides, <laughs> Atreides. <laughs> yes, and a, a lot of this book and the author, Frank Herbert, a lot of what he wanted to dive into and we do get that a lot in the movie is about how this planet is bad off because of how how badly treated it gets because the people are just destroying it to get its natural resource. How bad the people are treated and basically it's it's all about nature and planet and those kinds of relationships and evil white cunts trying to steal shit. <laughs> Why are you keeping just, them down? Yeah. So yes, there is a lot of um, a lot of sci-fi's have got a lot of their elements from this story because, like I said, it's written in the fifties and uh, it is not an easy read. Much like <laughs> much like Lord of the Rings, that was written what in the seventies. So mm. it's it's one of those old epic movie books, and they're not what? easy to read. They're a lot slower than what we have expectations to today. Mm. You can clearly see the. Um... I don't know whether it's this, the way that they filmed or done this movie, but from watching the movie, you can clearly see the ties to Star Wars. Mm. Clearly. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, 100%. Particularly with the talks of the Emperor and and evil guys in the shadows, and that's all in the book. There's also space wizards. It's a different type of space wizards, but they're kind of space wizards. Yeah, kind of space wizards. And with, the cho- with chosen ones, you've oh, got yeah. the chosen one trope, which is always a good one. Sand planet, magic witch women. Sand planet, yeah. He doesn't like sand. even wheel, wheel of time. Magic witch women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look like, classic I, I, tropes. I think one of the things with June as well that really works is they keep a lot of that stuff to be uh, like really ambiguous. 
Like they don't yes. specifically tell you like you know all of the witch powers that they have. They're just a witch, and you know, yes, but, you know, space travel is done because of spice and for reasons. Yes. But it's also a drug, and it makes you live forever. Like it's the, it's very ambiguous, so you can kind of build your own story around that, which I, I find quite interesting. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. that's the other thing is it it doesn't go into like this isn't a movie like Star Wars where you have space battles. Yeah, it's about people and the battles that happen are on earth or on a planet and it's not that kind of a story Mm. because it's meant to be the actual human race isn't it i believe so it it seemed to me that this wasn't like so there's another whole backstory humans yeah there's another whole backstory which is heavily referenced in the book that isn't in the movie because there's so much in this fucking book that there's no way you can fit that into the movies but Mm. essentially there was technology Robots, essentially, if you want to think of it. Um, and now people have distrust technology. And so a, there's a lot of undercurrent tones and talks about being human and what it means to be human and not relying on technology. And essentially, the world got like very much changed with a war that happened a long time ago. If you want to think about it, like the Terminator War has happened. <laughs> and now this is post Terminator War world. Okay. Um, yeah, so I guess thank you for that. Thank you for the summary. That's, very That's good. what I'm here for. Uh, I'm here to, to tell you the very concise. little I know about this. <laughs> so just we'll, summed up, what is it, like 800,000 pages? <laughs> we'll just about, yeah, jump. it's probably about 700 pages. Yeah. We'll jump into the positives first. Um, I'm just going to go straight, straight off the bat here. Uh, bat here. The uh, props and like the stuff, the... Um, flying machines and all that sort of stuff like all the machinery all of the set design all of those elements looked fantastic yeah Mm. very well designed i think one of the so pretty one of the benefits is when you're when you're on a desert planet the entire time or in a desert and you don't need to worry about uh your backgrounds the entire time (laughs) i think you can spend a lot more of your giant budget on foreground um and and i think it shows in a lot of um a lot of this like i think the technology especially some of the uh close-ups of when they were walking next to their um their uh flying machines that what are they like dragonfly sort of things Um, i've I've, I've already forgotten what they're called but yes they're basically dragonfly yeah i like that design mm -hmm. idea as well i don't everything feels really real that's what I liked about the designs of this stuff. Like everything felt real, practical, and believable. It's not well, it's like authentic. It's it feels yeah. like yeah, like I was. It's saying not like some... a flying car where it's like, how the fuck does that work? There's no... Yeah, it's very authentic. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes a massive difference to the enjoyability of this film because you know they have spent time and made effort in just feeling lived in and feeling like something that could actually be real that's that's yeah hugely important rather than the spectacle of things and you know things can still be quite spectacular but they mm. need to feel like it's a possibility and not just you know shiny spacesuits or something yeah and that's exactly it this is the very opposite of those kinds of a sci-fi movies where everything's shiny and futuristic looking this is mm. very grounded no hundred percent I think that's that. I think yeah, and I don't think there was going to be any doubt that this was going to be a visually impressive film. 
100%. I think that's the biggest thing that goes for this film is is it's just stunning. Like, it looks beautiful on every scale. The special effects are beautiful. Things work within everything. And yeah. it's just that that's, it's, it does really carry most of this movie, I think. Definitely. It's definitely a spectacle. Now, Can't take I'm, that away from it. Now you're you're a bit of a music guy, uh, Ian. So tell me, how did you feel about the uh, the score for this film? It was both really good and really annoying at times. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I see. I but this is Hans Zimmer again, so I, I feel I'm I'm leaning yes. more to the annoying side. I am. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I liked that it. It, it really built the world. Like it felt like a Middle Eastern desert, and that's essentially what they're going for. Hey, right? Like lots yeah. of that stuff going on. There's a that, lot of that. They could have turned that down about eight notches because it was just a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit much. They could have pulled it back a little bit at times. <laughs> okay, but okay, if it, if it, it takes you to it. the world, if it takes you to the world, it's doing its job, I think. And it definitely built the world. Yeah, like, I mean, they just needed to throw in a little Arabian Nights. <laughs> like, one of those, that's yeah. all they needed to do, and it could have been fucking Aladdin for all Much of the Much hotter than hot. I, I normally notice a particularly shit score, and I didn't really pay that much attention to this score. So it must have been doing something right for me. Because it didn't a take a good me thing out if you it. didn't notice it, because, yeah, I it's, at times I was like, uh, I'm trying to hear what's happening. <laughs> That that was that was is Hans those... Zimmer's problem. Hans Zimmer well, is inarguably the best at this point in time, the best um, sound designer. I, I will whatever say you want to call it. There, there were some moments though where it wasn't just that that the music was really loud, but there was a lot of very soft talking, and like yes. this, you know, a really important conversation where they're talking about fear as the mind killer, and like you know, they've got all these really you know important quotes that have been pulled from the book and the previous movie. And it just gets lost in this really quiet talking. We're just quietly talking about this part, and yes. whispering stuff, and, people and that's are whispering something... over the top of each other. And it like you lose the. That's a very modern trope with movies at the moment, which I tenant got like fucking raked over it, mm. and I I don't like it. I think I, I I fully get the whispering and stuff like that, and seeing it in a cinema helps because the audio levels are you know, correctly balanced. So you can make out everything that was said the entire time. But I don't really necessarily agree with that current trend. No. Well, the issue with Tenant was that they had audio mixed it really poorly. Yes. Tenant, you see, I saw it in a cinema and it didn't help. They mixed it really <laughs> badly. Like the yeah. music was up way too loud compared to the audio. Yeah. Mm. It um, was very bad. This has the same trend, but... Yeah, I didn't have any issues with understanding what was being said in a cinema, and I think... No, neither, neither do I. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just me and my hearing's going bad. You know, maybe I've been... You know, years of... Boom, Lots of know, grenades this. to the oh, face I'm, will do that. I'm going to say, like... Because <laughs> we did see this in IMAX. I'm just going to say, if you kept seeing it in IMAX, it would definitely take out your hearing. Now, that oh, yeah. was a loud, boy. That was very loud. <laughs> that was... That's some real bass that you get in that place. <laughs> That bass. Oh, about that bass. About that bass. They no, must have some you. massive subwoofers under your feet. I think they oh, do. Yeah, you can feel it vibrate. It's fantastic. You can feel it underneath you, yeah. I highly recommend seeing this in IMAX. It is the the way to see this movie. Absolutely. Highest definition, biggest screen possible. Yeah. 
It is one thing that I designed because, like, I actually haven't I haven't been to IMAX since I was a teenager and saw some like David Attenborough documentary when it, um, when they were first like going on about. I think it was a 3D. I think they had a 3D IMAX thing. That's when he turned um, 70 and now he's 90. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I did find about it and the difference is that because in the IMAX, they obviously add the top and bottom in specific scenes that, and they're not mm. there the entire time. I understand the mean big and filling out the frame. I don't think they really add anything. No. To me, it was too big, because I'm just like, now I have to look up and down. <laughs> that's a slight yeah, disadvantage of IMAX, is that you have to turn your head slightly. <laughs> but nothing I, happens up there. It's more just to make your peripheral vision blend away, mm. so that all you see is screen. And I think that is definitely a very good thing, that, you know, it, it, fo- it forces you to focus purely on the movie, because there's nothing else in your eyesight. Mm. there's no fat kid chomping on a fucking ice cream that you can see in the corner of your eye all you see is desert <laughs> I mean yeah, we've talked you talked about the Matrix movie and like you know green tinges and through all of this one this one definitely had like, like a a goldy tinge through it like a sepia yes. tone almost it was very yeah. sepia yeah very browny even on planets that weren't covered in sand and cinnamon um, yeah very sepia-ishness I actually that's another thing I really liked is that essentially they decided that House of Trades was Scotland. <laughs> right? Oh the bagpipes. Just not like just that, the bagpipes I literally I literally laughed, but I think you were supposed to a little bit when the bagpipes when they no, come off the ship. I think you were supposed to. Like that was one of the very few moments <laughs> where you get a little bit of a chuckle in the movie. I mean, but and I actually said- really like that. It's a, such a distinct difference between like wet, marshy Scotland and uh, fucking dry Egypt. <laughs> dry Egypt. Yeah. And I'm I'm very confused about like the the Harkonnens home planet. It feels like there's a lot of steam and sludge. So I'm not like they didn't really. That's how you know of- they're evil. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sludge. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was sludge very- really sells it visual moments for them as well obviously with Baron Harkonnen and like coming in and out of sludge and sludge bath <laughs> scrub a lot my of good sludge back bath. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it feel, I feel that was one thing that I missed in this one was just where is like you, you didn't really get a lot of sense for anything other than the, the House of Trades home planet and Arrakis like that was the two things we really saw Everything well that's all you really get in the book over. as well to be fair, right. it's this m- movie, and it's been said by a lot of others, and I will say it as well because it's very true. It is very faithful to the book. It moves things around, but it is very faithful to what the book is in tone, in what it captures, in everything, as opposed to the uh, 80s, 90s? Was it late 80s? 80s? Late yeah. 80s. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> that thing? That thing. That 1984 classic. Uh, Sure, call it a classic. (laughs) Classic doesn't mean it has to be good. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, look, there are are some serious problems with that movie as well. Mm. (laughs) And like, yeah, I I see the logical point where they've stopped in this movie as well and why they chose to stop there because what happens in the next part of the story spans over multiple years and covers multiple different elements and basically yes. in the uh, the 84 movie they 
past the the point where this movie stops and they just put yeah. all of that stuff into about half an hour and it's that it moves a lot faster through some stuff yeah. it's like oh and this happened five years later and ten years later these are the you know and then all of a sudden children show up out of nowhere and you're like who the fuck are these kids it's, it's just the children of june but you, you they just, have their own spin-off show they literally don't even explain it it's just kids standing yeah. there like it's it's very there's just there's for really a long time people said at, and at that point in time when that movie came out and it was originally going to be done by ridley scott there's a fun mm. fact for you um, that Dune could not be done as a movie. It couldn't yeah. be done right. And a lot of people have always held that belief. And I think people now um, believe that it obviously can be done. This has just been signed off in a part two. So obviously people... I'm very impressed. Put it that way. I'm very impressed that this movie has done that well because it is, like we said, it's not an action movie. It's not a. It's not a movie that I th- would have thought would have been a ticket to a sequel mm. um blade runner 2049 uh in my opinion was a much more crowd pleasing movie but it didn't do as well mm. it was a lot slower so, than this movie though like that that's yeah it, it, it was it's it, 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 that detective noir kind of thing but and that fits into that particular universe but it's a lot slower than june there's a lot more going it on has than june. Maybe I knew yeah. what to expect with Blade Runner 2049, which is why I enjoyed it a bit more. Because I did enjoy it more, I and I actually didn't similar. feel it was as slow. Yeah. Mm. I thought this was, felt slower to me, but it, maybe it's because I was expecting this to have more action in it. I think, yeah, it's it's probably similarly paced, but yeah, probably Blade Runner 2049 was a lot slower in the middle portion. Mm. Whereas I think they paced out the slowness of Dune by having more moments to break them up look i, I, I want to get onto negatives now because i've got to talk about it with the with with this topic because pacing is a massive issue for me in this film i felt they both went I very agree. very quickly over some parts uh and quite slow in others and they dwelled yes. on things that probably were irrelevant like him having visions they kept really focusing on that and spending a lot of time in that i'm like there's so much story that you have just glossed over all of the space travel stuff, it's like literally you see the, pla- the the ships leaving their home planet and then coming out of this giant worm-shaped cylinder. But and that's, they don't explain any of that. And that's like... In fairness, the book doesn't. That's why, And that's where I'm coming from. Like, it's more accurate. I, I get that, but they the don't story. even spend yeah. 30 seconds going, okay, we need to go to this ship to get, take us to this place. Yeah. And that's, they don't even brush across it. But that's one of the whole purposes of Spice, is Spice yes. enables space travel and it allows you to do this stuff. And yeah. you know, They, they do... very poo-pooed that away very quickly at the start of the movie with a little bit of speaking. Uh, and I, I agree, gone. I think they it's... should have spent a bit more time on it. Yeah, and I just there's a lot of moments like that they just kind of brushed over. Like the whole storyline with Dr. Yue was... yeah. terribly done and he is one of the key pivotal parts of the story and he just shows up he's just a guy at one point and it having known who he was yeah he's much closer with um with the central characters than this movie would have it seem and that's just such a shame that he is sort of brushed aside like that because i think they could have spent more time with characters like that they yeah. Really, they had a whole scene at one point with those fucking palm trees, and it's like, what the? Who the fuck cares about palm trees? It's yeah. not important whatsoever. You just want them so you can have that scene where they burn, and it's, it's not important. Yeah, I think it's relevant yeah. to everything that they're going on about. I think they just 
I think that, they that were, pacing they, structure was weird to me. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing is the book does a lot of things like those palm trees where it continually harps on the points about water and where are we spending our water. We get and, it. It's a fucking giant desert. Like, exactly. you don't need but I to... Think, like, and that's exactly to your point. It, this is a movie and you pick your fights. And I think... I agree. I think they chose some of them poorly. I would have liked more Dr. Yue because building that relationship would have just made his um, very pivotal moment even more pivotal. Yeah. I think it, 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 when it arrived, it felt unearned. Yes. Like, and that's... Mm. Yeah, that, that was... Although in the book, it fucking literally tells you exactly what he's going to do before he does it and that's a big problem with the book but <laughs> kind of yeah it everything in the book is it spoils itself i've never experienced anything like that where a book spoils itself over yeah. and over again it's yeah. very strange um yeah it's a very strange book but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree i think they they chose some things that i i wouldn't have made those creative choices if i had been mm. in that helm i think there are parts that it should have spent more time on but i think it did try to pace out the slower moments by having yeah. some things in between them it is it's a very difficult story there's a reason why people say it maybe it can't be done as a movie because it is just so unique yeah and slow and look i, I think there's a lot of stuff that they they've taken out of here like potentially not in the book but like you know really didn't focus on it at all um it was around like the political intrigue as to why choices were being made and the 1984 movie literally has scenes in it where they're like you know you see the emperor and understand why the decision to hand over arrakis to the house of trades was done and this they, they kind of have to guess at it themselves uh, during the film, so I think... Yeah, well, that's, I again, yeah, that's exactly that. the same as the book. And mm. I don't mind that. I don't mind that... Uh, that It gives you that feeling of, yeah, what's happening, and that you see it from the character's view of trying to guess at what's happening. Mm. It's That is part of the atmosphere of the book, is like, what the fuck's going on? Mm. And you do get that a little bit with the movie. Yeah, because they don't reveal anything. They just sort of kill them or yeah. attack them. And then I think... Uh, Somewhere in there, somebody says that the Emperor feared feared House Atreides or something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, when he when he says... Uh, uh, well, well, actually, that's a, spoil- that's a spoiler. But he did... Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, no, I've already, I already did spoil it. I already said when they attack them. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't well spoil known. this. Like, this book has been yeah. around for too long. The, the movies have already been out. Like, you can't... There's no spoilers here. It's the House of Coden as well. It's like the most obvious evil bad guy, bad guy ever. It's that's it's exactly a, what it is. So it's you know a little bit too attack. mustache twirly for me. Like everything felt a little bit too obvious. Like it's just it's very I get that's what black it is. and white characters. Very much very straight down the line. You can't. There's no. That's room exactly for what it is. Though. Subtlety. And so you can't change that though, because that's what it is. That's exactly what the book is. You can't a, add depth to a thing that has no depth. Mm. And that is the thing that people hate about Dune is that the characters are so flat in two D. A lot of yeah. a lot of big readers don't even like it because of that. Oh yeah, and it's, look, I, it's the I expectations that. of something that's written at the time. And it, it'll be really interesting to see how they sell, you know, Space Jesus as in you know Timothy Chalamet's character because he will like literally the the next part of the story is yeah all about him and he is the the best thing ever and you know he saves the universe yeah and it's yeah a very i don't know old if it, 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 it's an 
Oh, absolutely. It's an old trope that would have worked in the 50s, but doesn't necessarily sit so well now. So I, I, Exactly. People are already sell. having issues with this part where it's not as hammed on as part two. Oh, People yeah. are already <laughs> saying it's a white white messiah sort of thing and that they don't like that, which I completely, totally, yeah. I totally <laughs> oh, get it. Just wait till the white Jesus saves all of the Arabs Actually in the happens. next film. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's just exactly wait till he, what's going to happen. <laughs> just wait till he leads them out of Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's i don't know if that's gonna land as well <laughs> it's gonna be interesting i think the good thing is that there's potentially more action to come yeah. because this movie one of the things i also didn't like is that the action sequence was very short in the terms of the runtime yes i i think it could have been <laughs> they they could have paced that out a little bit more and I would have preferred more time spent in the big action scene because that's what they're advertising it as. That's and less exactly time, what they thought it is. Yeah, and less time, I don't know, sitting in a tent in the desert. The whole <laughs> attack on, you know, like the attack from House Harkonnen, like, yeah, that scene should have been much, much longer. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been, like, it, there was some cool parts to it, but I didn't really ever feel like the epic battle that it was. You yeah. Know, this is supposed to be the downfall of House Atreides. Like, it's the end of them as, you know, and it's it just, it, you never really feel like it's as epic as it should be. Mm. And, yeah. And I even mean, it, like, did, it did feel pretty epic to me, but it didn't, didn't have the length to it I would have liked. I mean, take out one fucking dream sequence and put in, you know, two min- more minutes of fighting. That would have been a yeah. lot more fun. Yeah, some of those dream sequences were a bit long. Yeah. Very long. There's a lot. The one where like, they're picking up the dudes off the um, off the spice harvester and he just falls over and has a five-minute fucking blackout. Like, it's... We've all been there. <laughs> and when we talked about like pacing, though, like that was a really weird part. We had such a it was supposed to be a really fast moving scene, and then all of a sudden he has this vision that takes it out, and it just it felt weird, weirdly placed. Yeah, I mean that scene in the book even doesn't have that much action to it. They're in the ship watching yeah. the worm. Yeah, and it's like, oh. <laughs> I want I want things to be happening. You just watching yeah. a worm isn't exactly isn't exactly enthralling. <laughs> watching um, worms, Dune yeah. two, watching worms. <laughs> yeah, I will say there's some more worm in this than I was actually expecting later on. The worm was good. Uh, I, I like worm. yes, I like worm. Everyone everyone comes for the worm. <laughs> that's why that's why people want Dune. They want worms and <laughs> come for the, the worm, worm, stay for stay the space. For the space. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's it, you get more worm than I think is really there. I think I could they be wrong. They, I think they had just the right amount of just worm. the right amount of worm. Just the I right think. amount. They did like, hit that well. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Your worm quota is perfect. Yes. <laughs> the, I, I think my my only last big negative for this is the the stopping point of this film felt very mm. anticlimactic. Like I get it did. Yeah. You know, part one, part two. When you stitch them together, it's going to be fine. But yes. this this particular point to like never felt as epic as it needed to be. Um, your big, you know, this is your big build up. This is the moment, and then that's it. Like yeah. it, I think visually something else to make it really feel like he's had a transformation would yeah. have helped seal the movie a bit more. It Tom just, and I talked about this when we walked out that it just it felt like a it just strange place to end the movie. But I mean. Thematically, it makes sense because it's about his journey to become space Jesus, but <laughs> it's, it, just, uh, it wasn't enough. There was it there wasn't needed, 
they needed more in that moment. You know what? They could have even stopped before that when he, you know, he's looking at the worm and the worm's look. That would have been like like a tool, yeah, cut bang. it there, yeah, done, and then start the the rest of the journey from there. Like that could have been a comfortable place to stop and have a more epic finishing to it. But yeah, I it's, just uh, I it's was very so hard because. Yeah, you have this big action sequence, which actually probably happens about halfway through the movie. Mm. And then so for the rest of the movie, um, it kind of just feels like it's dragging on. And you're like, because you automatically expect the big action sequence to be at the end. Well, That's a normal thematic structure. It's a little of a bit movie. like um, No Country for Old Men, how that kind of yeah. had big action And then it pushes action, out. And then it had like 30 minutes of like stuff after. It, it felt exactly the same in this movie. Yeah. It, it feels wrong. It was but... um, a giant act one. Yes, they've, they've put it. They've done it as two. Like, and that, and I do have an issue with that. I, I don't care if it's a part one. A film should stand on its own two yeah. feet. Thank you, and have a correct structure. I agree. I mean, it, and it does one. have the structure, but it 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 doesn't feel doesn't have the feel of the structure. It doesn't do it correctly. And that's, no, I, I think I my agree. biggest gripe with this whole part one and all the rest of it was it just, it, it's not a full story. And so you can't, yeah. exp- like, I, my, my score may change depending on how part two comes through. Um, and they may end up in doing part three because they just fucking feel like it. But, like, it's just, I, I, I don't ever feel like I can give this a full review because it's yeah. just, it's under. And Tom, Tom and I spoke about that as well. It's like... It's hard to review this because you're not seeing the whole picture. You no. almost need your part two there to then give an idea of whether or not it works. Yeah, and to Tom's point, like a film should stand on its own, regardless. It should. Like you look at the Lord of the Rings movies; they stand on their own, but they connect into a giant, you know, a giant three-part story. So, well, yeah, Tom sense. and I were making that comparison a lot with Lord of the Rings because, to me, this felt like Fellowship in that. It's setting up the bigger journey, um, and it ends on a well. Now the journey is beginning, and that's essentially what it tried to go for here. And I think War of the Rings did it a lot better. With at the end of Fellowship, it did feel like you got your movie and you're moving into that. Whereas this mm. felt like you didn't quite get your movie because it's moving into that. It yeah. didn't yeah. feel like a total story. In I'd a be sense. surprised if Part Two stands on its own feet like it's able think to be it digested as a separate thing i don't think it's going to you you think you're gonna have to you uh, can't watch it without seeing part one because it's not well that's sense. but you can't do that with all the rings either you can't watch yeah. fucking you can't watch two towers without having watched fellowship that's yeah. the nature of the beast yeah. and this is one book so mm. obviously it's going to be that but i think i i, I think it will Hopefully, with how well this movie has done, that they pump a bit of money into it to give it the finale that it needs to have because this didn't have a finale. It didn't have a finale. <laughs> it it didn't have fucking a finale. better. <laughs> that's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> it didn't have a finale. That's the that's the problem I had with it. Is yep. yeah, that's the main problem out of the whole thing that I had with it is it didn't have a finale. It was very well executed, but it wasn't paced at the end correctly. Mm. It does so just, tease very well. It's very so good. Just for your reference, that uh, giant sandworm moment happened, and they had about twenty minutes of the film left to go. It could, it, 
they could cut out that last 20 minutes and that would have been a perfect ending moment for it. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, just I saying. get why they did. I don't know if it would have been perfect. It still wouldn't have It would have been better than what we got. Me. It would yeah. have been be- like, it just I don't would have know. Been more I, I think it still would have been the same problem. I think they could have done what they did but visually show his transformation instead of just uh, some sort of inner monologue weird future reading thing. <laughs> Of, Put in another vision, that'll be fine. Yeah, I, the vision. Yeah, it, it wasn't enough. We needed visual, a big visual cue to say mm-hmm. he's transformed into this character. Yeah, and then that would have sold it as a as an ending. Jesus Halo or something. Yeah. Well, the whole Put movie. Him on a cross. It, yeah. Well, the whole movie. It's teasing about like he's having these visions of this what in the book they describe as terrible purpose. So if you get that at the end of this movie... Yeah, I know. Terrible word. (laughs) Written in the 50s again, remember that. And uh, he... I think if we could visually show that, like, something like his eyes turned a bright blue, and then that's bang, that's how the camera ends. That's how the shot ends, end of part one. Like, then you get that almost Neo turning into Jesus moment at the end of the first Matrix movie. That's what you needed. You needed... Something to show that he's a different character, and oh shit, what's he gonna do now? Why didn't Pretty he fly? Much. Like, you know, the end of <laughs> he the should have flown up he out of the flown. phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they've pretty much. I'm having a look here. They've pretty much just looked at the hero's journey and cut it in half, which yeah. is what they've done. So they've gone call yeah. to action, supernatural aid, thre- um, and they've gone into um, threshold beginning of transformation. Introduction of helpers and mentors, challenges look, and tri- look at Tom and- reading three act structure on the interweb. <laughs> no, 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 but but it's but it's not. You've three got acts. a fountain of knowledge right here. This is what they structure. needed to do. This was is put the hero's journey. The machine and flying, like that's still but, what they needed right there. Yeah, <laughs> wake but, up. Perfect. The, hero, the hero's journey is yeah, it's an element of three act structure, but yeah, it's well, it's like you said, Tom. Minutes. It's act one. But yeah. Uh, this and uh, Death and Rebirth is about halfway through what most of these say, which is what it was. That was the end. It was meant to be his rebirth as Azura that's, that's, that's what I'm like, saying. Did you honestly feel that? that yeah, was yeah. If they that had moment? nailed that, it would have been a perfect time to end the movie. It would have felt more earned that this movie was about his journey instead of <laughs> also, some weird knife fight. Who, also, who among, us, uh, who among us actually believes that Timothy Chalamet is a very skilled fighter? Because I do not buy that for one fucking second. This, this little the, the problem is they showed him topless and we saw he was a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> this little twink is not fucking getting <laughs> into a knife fight with somebody and winning. He's getting prison shipped in the fucking lunch line. He is nowhere near the, the, like, the epicness of this... Yeah, I mean, it just. No, but that's I mean, the problem when you've didn't got a, have it either. But it, no, he did not have it. That's the problem when you've got a fourteen-year-old boy or something in the books. Like, yeah, this muscleless, no. you know, child. It's just I, I don't buy any of that stuff. He's not tough. No, nah. a gust nah. of wind could blow him over. Yeah, <laughs> but he did have the intensity. I will say his acting was fine. I he has the brooding intensity of a, a serious actor, but the body yeah. of a... A 12-year-old twink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like 25, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. Is, he's he is way 16. too old for that body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, again, they shouldn't have shown him topless because he has, like, a fucking chicken breast of tits. Like, he's got nothing. It's flat. 
He looks like a 12-year-old nightclubbing. It's wrong. He looks like a fucking skeleton with, like, a skin sack around him. Like, he's just... He's too small. He's got no muscle. It goes shoulders straight down to cock. There's nothing there. It's just flatness. (laughs) Even they had a moment with Jason Momoa at one point. He's like, oh, did you get... You know, put on some muscle? He's like, no, do I look different? No. No, yeah. Nice what I found real, yeah. what I loved about that is in the books they talk about how he's starting to fill out, so it's kind of like <laughs> finally referencing that that Timothy Chalamet is not filling out. It'll be interesting to see, like, yeah, because they they obviously haven't start started work on um, the new film yet, but it'll be interesting to see if he does fill out a little bit more. I think they should try to fill him out. <laughs> Put on a bit of I, weight at least. Yeah, give him a should, muscle. One. Yeah. Something. Some biceps. That'd be what nice. About? He's, that's his thing, isn't it? Isn't it a, a, every, all the girls love him because he's a scrawny and chiseled. And I mean, there's only so long that you can sell the yeah. twink thing before it becomes you're a little bit too old for it. Like, yeah. yeah. Becomes creepy. Yeah. Like then you go be... down a Tobey Maguire path and you don't want to go down that road. <laughs> you, you don't want to be forever boy. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to turn out like me with grey hair and an ID to get a bottle of liquor. <laughs> oh, too funny. <laughs> so yes, score this bad boy? Yes. I, um, this, this is an interesting one to try and review, I think. It's very difficult being, like we said, a half a story. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 100% Dib's not starting. Okay, I'm going to start. <laughs> oh, I thought, you, you sounded like you were about to go into it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I was like, nah. <laughs> I'm going to start and just say, like, I'm just, I was disappointed. Like, the part one thing. Can we just... start off first? I want to know your score for the 80s one, because I have a feeling you love that because... You know, maybe you have some nostalgia to it, and if you give that a higher score, then I'm going to come over there and this fuck is, you like Timothy Charmelay in a nightclub. <laughs> this is definitely better than the '80s one. Um, I feel there are some positives to the '80s one that this one doesn't get, um, but this is a much better film. Like it's a much better made film. The visually yeah. stunning. Um, this this the uh, soundtrack is well the score for it is mostly good um <laughs> yeah i'd give it that mostly good the characters are like a fabulous and the acting is is fantastic um i do still have a problem with the name duncan idaho he may as well be called you know jock texas or something like that it's just it's such a stupid fucking name with I all think, these you yeah. know space beautiful space to names. be fair he was duncan named idaho. after the, he was named after that b52 song <laughs> You're living in your own Duncan Idaho. <laughs> living in your own Duncan Idaho. Jesus Christ. Um, There's a reference yeah. for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> the B 52. Well done. <laughs> Good way to stay relevant, Ian. <laughs> like, I just, I'm just so annoyed. Like the, like, the pacing was really poor for me. Like, choosing. I wanted to see the whole thing. I would have sat there and watched four hours of this fucking movie if they made it. I 100%. <laughs> To be I honest, I would. I agree. I, I just, well. it just. I walked out of this with a feeling let down because I missed out on the whole story. So it stops and it shouldn't stop. It should just keep going. So I'm, I'm frustrated. I will re-review my score when the part two comes out because I think that's the only time you can fully score it. Yeah. Um, but because and I think just because of that, I, I'm just a little bit let down, and I'm going to give it a seven point five. I think Could that's have been a very so much fair. Better. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, it's a very fair score, and 
It's no Blade Runner 2049 because that was almost a complete story without being a complete story. Very same thing where yeah. it teases the future story, but it still gives you a whole story. Yeah. 2049 I mean, was a much better film in my opinion. Yes. But I enjoy that world as well, so I think that's probably that's the, that's the partly biased. I enjoy both of the worlds. I think they're both yeah. really well done, but that's just it's missing an ending. It's it's the beginning and a middle, and then it stops. It's yeah. part of the middle as well. It's like it's not even the full, like yeah. it just that's such a letdown. And I think my my expectations for this were so high and met on a number of levels, but just yeah. not doing the full story is such a letdown. Needed more yes, more <laughs> yes, yeah. All right, come on, Ian, give us a score, buddy. All right, I very much have the same points to say. I really enjoyed, though, the way that they did the Harkonnens, particularly Baron um, Harkonnen. I think he was really And his cool. big, long black dress. I really liked it, and I did <laughs> love his sludge bath. I think visually, those, those were the most interesting parts visually for me to watch because there was a lot of freedom in the book to do whatever they wanted to do because the atmosphere of those scenes are not described. Mm. It's just kind of like he's he's standing in the shit. Yes, very good choice. He nailed it. Did you Um, like the CG on his fatness? Because I think I didn't have an issue with it. It looked maybe maybe it just looks better in IMAX, but Mm. I I couldn't really spot it. Mm. But I know that it is very dependent on the screen that you watch things on. Like I had seen those things on my phone. I was like, oh yeah, I can tell that there's some CG there. But then in the movie, couldn't tell. Yeah, I think it cover it glosses over it a little bit in the movie. Um, it just yeah, I, I don't know. It just it felt a little bit too CG'd for me. I was expecting proper fat suit or you know. Yeah, no, I loved it. Fat suit can be. And um, hit and miss, I, but I loved it. Batista um, was fucking amazing. He looks gorgeous as uh, Raban. <laughs> he was great. That's an issue for me. I love Batista, and I thought he nailed it, but in terms of, if you're going to say accuracy to book, that's fucking miles off, because he's supposed to be, like, a child. He's supposed to be arguably probably around the same age as um, as Paul Atreides is. Mm. He's oh, supposed good. to be a his nephew, a, a younger kid who's learning the ropes, he's getting taught the ropes, and it's like a fucking 50-year-old man, so it's a bit weird. <laughs> but I don't mind it, it's fine. I really, like I said, I really liked everything about visual, about this movie. Everything looked so spot on. It's the way to experience this world, and I, yeah. I, I think no one should probably read the book, <laughs> to be honest. I think, watch the movie... It's the best Go way as to clean experience. as you can with this one, like, and if you have no expectation for it, I think that's that's exactly great. you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yes. The less expectations you have, arguably, the better because you shouldn't expect an action movie. You shouldn't expect no. Um, there's a lot of things you shouldn't expect. <laughs> one thing I forgot to mention as well: um, the, the isn't isn't Paul supposed to murder Raban at like the end? Don't they have to? Don't they have a fight at some point? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I think it's... they have a knife fight at some stage. It's, so that'll be really interesting to see how that goes. This tiny little twink taking on Batista. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's again, that's another thing is I think they were supposed to be similar age for that to happen. Yeah. But maybe that will work out better in, in part two when that happens because you get more of an underdogness to it. I don't buy that at, at all. No. Currently, not buying it. 
I think that's why they made a big point in this one. I'm not buying it. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's why they made a point in this movie about it's not about strength or anything. It's about speed. Or maybe that's in the book. Either way. I know that somewhere about Dune. Um, Yes. I I very much think this is the way to experience the Dune story. It's not the 80s movie. And it's not the 90s video game. Which is fun. It has its place, and it has clips from the '80s movie. <laughs> if you really want to go down that path, and the book is aged to the point where I don't think ninety-five percent of people could enjoy it, and that's just honest, honestly, what it is. Even avid readers can't stand it. So it's a mm. very much like Lord of the Rings. A lot of people love Lord of the Rings, but it doesn't mean you can read the book. It's it's another kettle of fish, and I think they really nailed it without. They get the atmosphere of it without the 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 hang ups. So poor far. analogy, mate. There's no fish on on June. What are you talking about? It's worms. Ah, <laughs> oh, you need the worms to catch the fish. <laughs> so you can first you get the worms, then you get the spice, yeah. then you get the fish. <laughs> it's perfect. Anyway, I think they nailed music. I think they nailed visual. I think they nailed a lot of things, except the pacing and ending. Um, mostly the pacing to the ending. I think if they had have had a big point, like I said at the end, it would have really capped off the finale and been like, cool, I'm ready, that was his journey, and I'm moving into part two for what happens next. Um, I'm, I'm going to try not to hold that too much against it because I think it did nail everything else, and I fucking love Lady Jessica and their actor choice. I think she's fucking amazing. Oh, um, yeah, Rebecca she's Ferguson. fantastic. Rebecca Ferguson could not have picked a better actor. She nailed it. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to give it a eight. Fair enough. <laughs> very nice, very nice. My man Thomas, uh, how we going, buddy? Yeah, so I guess can't uh, disagree with a lot of stuff that you all said. Um, now, for me, I didn't know anything about the Dune story going into this at all, really. Um, I knew that they fought for Spice, uh, and that was about it. Um, Spicy I really... Tom loves that. Yeah, Sparkly just... cinnamon. <laughs> Spicy boy. It felt very saffron, saffron to me. Your <laughs> fingers get real stained. And well, there's actually a lot of Dune video games. I was actually kind of curious to see Is when they were. Oh, there so there's uh, six... Jesus, I didn't know Actually, that. no, sorry, five, and then there was a Dune Wars mod for Civilization Four. That mm. actually sounds really fun. It does. I Look, I, <laughs> yeah. highly, I highly recommend the Dune Wars game. Dirk's aside, it's pretty... If you like Age of Empires, it's the same thing, but then Dune. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I think one of the things is, not knowing on that, I think I was one of the suckers that was... Um, uh, tricked into believing that I was going to be seeing an action film or believed that I was going to be seeing a, essentially a Star Wars film, really. Um, Tom, and- you're not a sucker. That's exactly what they sold us. That's exactly what they sold us in the, all yeah, of the trailers. And, and that makes pre- you a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> but that just, it just makes them You lies. bought their lies. I mean, you didn't pay for it, but still. <laughs> and, they, and like, I have no issue with films, uh, some of the longer films and ones like this. Like, as I said, I love Blade Runner 2049 and I, because I knew what I was getting. And that's mm. the movie that I was prepared for. It's the one I was expecting. Mm. Because, uh, but Blade Runner expect- 2049, you knew that, but it was marketed as an action movie as well. 
Yeah, it and was marketed that's, the exact that's, that, same way. But that's probably why you enjoy Dune, Dune more now because you knew what it was getting into, yeah. despite the marketing. Whereas I didn't know what I was getting into, yeah, because I didn't know that that at all. Mm. And they need to stop doing that because they're going to get more negative reviews by doing yeah, it. Yeah, I and agree. I have no like unrealistic if I'm going, expectations. If I'm going in and seeing if you sell it as a slower political or whatever sort of story building or whatever i have no issues with all of a sudden going in there and there being action elements or it being faster but if i'm expecting a faster film and it's a slow film i agree that's an issue that it's a big issue um it's yeah it's uh it puts me on the back foot from the very start because Mm. you sit there expecting the big scene and then you get to the end of the film and just be like where was the big scene Mm. Mm. Um, so to me that was a big issue I, I still I still do enjoy it and I actually now that I know the type of film that it is I actually kind of want to go back and re-watch it because I'll have that um, out of my head because when that's in your head it, it impacts the way that I'm going to enjoy the film I'm um, really keen to watch yeah one and two back to back yes Yes, and hopefully they do give to um, a full runway, especially if there's a lot of things that they need to start doing in it. Uh, but that being said, I, I thought it was an absolutely beautiful film. Um, some of the best prop design that I think I've seen. Um, wearing black moisture suits on a desert planet seems a bit like an odd choice, but let's, let's not get into that. That's not a choice. <laughs> uh, Leather's well, not a choice, Tom. It's a lifestyle, all right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't kink shame him. <laughs> if he wants to sit in a tent in a leather suit with his mum, that's fine. I'll give it... I'll, I'll, I'll uh, go with Fuzzy on that. I think 7.5. Yeah, I think 7.5 is very fair. It's. It's. So, I wanted to love. And if this if film number so two more. is nailed, then I think it, it can only make number one feel better because you get that build up for two. And I know what I'm expecting now for two. I, I I suspect two will get a better review from me. I would be surprised if it doesn't. Yes. Well, again, I think it's like we would look at that individually, and as a movie, probably won't stand alone. You need to watch both of these together. I think together they yeah. will be much much better. Um, yeah. And when they eventually release it on, you know, 4K and it'll be like your 8K or whatever the fuck it is when it finally comes out, and it, it, they'll they'll do one connected film, like you know, sit down and watch five hours of June. Yeah, and I I'm would fucking all do it. I'm all about that. I'm all about it. that. <laughs> so yeah. many Ks. So so many Ks. It'll be 16K by then. It'll be you know, ex- additional K that we don't actually see. Only dogs can see. Um, that'll be fun. <laughs> and we already reached that. I didn't think our eyes were capable of um, 8K. Yeah, I think 8K, like, we're, we've maxed out, so there's stuff we can't see. So, yeah, the next one is, bring yeah, 16K, which brings colour to dog sight. So, uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> now they're going to do 8K. You are blind? Them. You can see now. <laughs> <laughs> what I need is for them to light some, like, incense while I'm watching it so I can really feel like I'm in a Middle Eastern desert. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. fucking sa- saffron pegging you in the face. <laughs> That with the bagpipes as well, because you're going to have the bagpipes going through it. I can't really do a bagpipe noise. It's close enough, though. 
I'm just space bagpipes are very disappointing. Space pipes. Space pipes. <laughs> of all the musical instruments, they decided. I thought to that was a it. great choice. I loved that choice. I was like, "Yep, now it should have been like a penny whistle or something like that." <laughs> just like <laughs> little fife, they're walking out. That'd have been fine. Totally fine. It needed more Scotch drinking, then it would really nail the Scottish aesthetic for me. Or kilts. Where were the kilts? I think they did have a kilt. I think they did in that sequence with the bagpipes where they came off. I'm pretty sure someone was wearing a kilt. I reckon they should have gone a jaw harp. Now that would have been. Now that would have been the. the... (laughs) This isn't Lord of the Rings, Tom. (laughs) No harps in my Dune, alright? I don't want to harp on about it, but it's wrong. Nah, jaw harp. Go for the jaw harp. (laughs) Alright. your elves. Take your elves and fuck off. (laughs) That has been episode. I didn't check. It's one of them. It was uh, one it's of them. It's been an episode. Look, it's, it's somewhere between been. 200 and 250. 231. Getting right. there. Getting on there with age. Now, Ian's the ravages just, just, of just age. back all the time now. So, Ian's, <laughs> Ian's back. <laughs> he's back. No. He's, you know, it's great. He's got a great way of doing this because he just leaves the show and then we invite him back all the time. It just means he never has to fucking edit the thing. Uh, <laughs> they figured out my system. <laughs> and I never have to host. I never have to, uh, you know, do Half news articles. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. But yes, that has been episode 231. Yes, I did forget again. Uh <laughs> You have been listening to Shaker Not Nerd, the podcast you are listening to right now. If you have found us, then you know how to find us. Uh, let's see if we have any reviews. Do you want me to, while I'm, while I'm not going to tell reviews, them when to listen to us on, they're already listening to us. While you look up reviews, do you want me to read a quote from the Frank Herbert novel of Dune? Yes, please. Uh, yeah. Yes. He felt calmness return, said, get on with it, old woman. Old woman, she snapped, you've courage and that can't be denied. Well, we shall see, Zira. She bent close, lowered her voice almost to a whisper. You will feel pain in this hand within the box. Pain. But Stick. withdraw the hand and I'll touch your neck with my gomjabar. The death so swift, it's like the fall of the headman's axe. Withdraw your hand and the gomjabar takes you. Understand? Stick your hand in my box. What's in the box? <laughs> pain. The box, the box. The box. My box of pain. Fantastic <laughs> scene. Or you can give it all up for what's in this box. <laughs> the box, the box. We got the mystery box. Get in. <laughs> but the mystery box could even be anything. Could even be a boat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. Love it. Thank you. Uh, no reviews. No one. No one wants to tell us how. Oh. Don't worry. The reviews will come in now because people are like, yes, please, more of Ian reading novels. <laughs> you see, yeah, you'll see. We'll, we'll get you to read your uh, your mother's book again. No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Fuzzy. Thank you, thank sir. you, Ian. And no uh, yeah, we know you have a choice when listening to pop culture podcasts, and you clearly picked the one with nerd in the title. Goodbye, everyone. And just say, yes, I did say goodbye. <laughs> I thought you said pod bye. <laughs> pod pie. Pod, pod, pod pie. pie. Pod pie. Pod pie. <laughs> All right, saladas. Chicka chicka.